0: Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, We're together you and I are choosing to do things differently. We are choosing, we are committing to prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships while building a business that creates a meaningful impact in the lives of the people that we love and generating the wealth for us to design a beautiful life on our terms. And if you are listening to my voice for the very first time, I want to say welcome. So excited to have you here. And if you're a seasoned listener, you know how much I love you. I would be giving you a hug right now if I was hanging out with you. (laughs) Seriously, it means so much that you are taking time out of your day to expand and grow and listen to the incredible humans that I bring on the show because every single week I do a lot of work to curate and bring on people that are making a massively positive impact in the world and pull out their best strategies so that you can take that and create the impact that you're looking at creating in the world. And I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, who is Blake Fly. And in this episode, you're going to learn so much, but I want you to look out for three specific things. Number one, how Blake used a box of frosted flakes to reconnect with a mentor that ended up putting over $50,000 in his pocket. You heard that correctly. <laughs> Number two, how to use a multiple choice email to get more replies from important relationships. I learned this from Blake months ago now, and it has generated so many incredible results for me whether that be from uh, re-engaging conversations with clients or booking guests to become come on the show this is a uh, if you take one thing away from this actually i don't want this to be the one thing because there's so many good things but make sure you pay attention to the multiple choice email because this is something you can easily implement and get results from starting today um and then number three look out for how blake set up a system to go deep and cut past the small talk with meaningful people in his life. And he used an incredible example from his brother, Robbie, and we get to that to the end. So you, if you don't know Blake, you're probably wondering who is this awesome guy at this point. Well, Blake Fly believes that unexpected appreciation is rocket fuel to create unforgettable relationships in business and life. He is a husband, dad, entrepreneur, and nine-time TEDx speaker nine times. You heard that correctly. (laughs) Blake's innovative sales approaches and relationship building methods have gotten him hired to deliver speeches on over 1000 in-person stages and invited to work with companies such as Lululemon, LinkedIn, and Microsoft. He recently completed a personal project called reach 1000 lives, sharing business building strategies by filming one Facebook live video per day for 1,000 days in a row. Yes, you also heard that correctly. Talk about commitment. (laughs) Blake is also the producer of the 55 year event series for entrepreneurs called Thank You Live. It is the annual gratitude experience for entrepreneurs to look back on their year, celebrate their progress and appreciate their people by delivering hundreds of gratitude messages in real time. Blake, Loses every staring contest he engages in with his children, Koa and Summer, and has a huge crush on his beautiful bride, Emily. Man, if you couldn't tell from the three things I want you to look out for and from this bio, this is a fun episode. And ever since I met Blake uh, a few months ago now, I have just been blown away by his strategies to just build deep and meaningful relationships with people by being an authentic human. So if you are someone who values relationships and wants to go deeper in the relationships and create new relationships with people that you respect and look up to, this is absolutely an episode for you. So with all that said, I'm super excited to introduce you to my friend, Blake Fly. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today, we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. Mr. Blake Fly, a long time in the making. Here we are, our very first one-on-one, and it's recorded on a podcast. And I get to share you with you with you with all my friends. Super excited to have you here. This is gonna be so much fun.
1: Brandon, a long time in the making for sure. And we talk often in a group format. So hello, (laughs) one on one. I'm psyched to drop in. This
0: is, oh man, again, I said before we recorded, it was so much fun to go deep on your content and see the man behind the guy I've been seeing in this group. And so hopefully what we'll do today is share how that came to be, how, how Blake fly became Blake fly. And I thought a really good start. a place to start would be actually night one, day one as a residence advisor. So uh, you end up meeting somebody named Tony Conte. Who was he and how did he impact your life?
1: Yeah, Tony Conte was someone who arrived in my world on the first day of a part-time job that I had when I was 19, 20 years old as a residence advisor in university. And it was two weeks of training, like morning till night. And the first night, there was a keynote speaker. This was Tony. And I was sitting in like the front row. And I loved when speakers came to my high school back in the day. So seeing more speakers in university, I just got really excited. And this was a pretty intimate group. There was only maybe 70 of us or so. And it was evening. It was like dark outside. So just the vibe was right. Like the, the lights were cool. The venue was cool. And this guy, Tony... Even though he's this high-energy, high-impact speaker guy, he began his keynote by just pulling up a chair, sitting in between the two rows of our seats, and just sort of leaned forward and looked at us and shared his intention for the time he was going to spend with us. And just looked at us and was very conversational for about two or three minutes. And then he sort of moved the chair off to the side and then went into it and did this amazing hour-long keynote. High energy, super funny, really inspiring. I took a furious amount of notes and I went up to him after and I said, I took a bunch of notes. Um, Could you sign my notes? Because that was really impactful and I want to keep these notes. And we have a laminator in our building, which I just found out in training this morning, I have access to. (laughs) So I'm going to laminate these notes and tape them on my wall where I can see them. So he signed my notes. I laminated those notes the next day because I had laminator privileges in that part-time job. And Tony, I kept him on my radar as a mentor and a guide because I knew at some point I wanted to consider getting into professional speaking as a career. I ended up doing that. And Tony was a key guide along the way and has become a dear friend and We haven't seen each other in person for a few years, but we'll send text messages or voice notes back and forth every few months. So it all happened by him pulling up a chair, setting an intention and wowing people who happened to be 20 year old Blake.
0: I love that because it must have just been like this light bulb moment appearing over your brain kind of a thing. Cause I feel like you probably witnessed something where you're like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that you could do this as a career. And like now that you're on stages in front of people having these intimate, intimate, but like in front of lots of people moments, it seems like you've become like kind of a master at curating that. And it's really cool that that kind of sparked from that moment. I want to fast forward a bunch of years later. I'm pretty sure I got this right, but I might've gotten this wrong. So you, you have this training that I saw you put on called create more connections, clients, and cash by using napkins, cereal boxes, and road signs. Um, I'm pretty sure this ties back to Tony, but it might not. Cereal boxes. Um, what, what the heck does that have to do with creating more connections, clients, and cash? And this may seem like a really weird question for people, but I I, I think this fits together in some way, shape, or form.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, we can we can bring it home. So for the person tuned in right now, if you have your own business, or if you're in some career where you're working for an awesome company, basically there are moments in time where you want to or need to connect to key relationships. And usually we'll look at a list or something like, okay, well, uh, let's look at these people, or let's look at this audience. or And it's kind of intellectual. But then Mm -hmm. there's just the spontaneous, serendipitous form of networking and connecting and reconnecting to people in our lives. And so a few years back, I was just in a grocery store picking up a couple of items and I was walking through the cereal aisle and I saw a box of Frosted Flakes. And Again, for the listeners, who is on the front of a box of Frosted Flakes? they well,
0: great. <laughs> yeah.
1: His name's Tony the Tiger. So I see Tony the Tiger on the box of Frosted Flakes. I wasn't even there buying cereal, but I just saw that picture. And then instantly, I'm thinking, oh, Tony the Tiger, Tony. Oh, Tony. And in my mind, I just was thinking of this guy, Tony, the one who gave that speech back when I was 20, the one who became a colleague and a mentor in the speaking industry. And so, because we now carry phones on us pretty much all the time, I thought, well, instead of just thinking of Tony, I will tell that to Tony. <laughs> so I take out my phone. And now again, if you're listening, you always have options with, with, in which way do you message someone? We could text them. We could email them. We could phone them. We could send a voice note. We could send a video. There's so many mediums in which we can just say hello now. So I thought of Tony, I'd take out my phone. And instead of just typing, hey, Tony, thought of you. I made a video in the cereal aisle and I basically filmed myself walking up and down the cereal aisle and I said, hey, Tony, it's Blake. I just saw this and I show Tony the tiger on the cereal box back to me. (laughs) And so I thought of you. And since I'm thinking of you, I thought I would tell you. And I'm currently grocery shopping for a few minutes. Maybe you and I can connect some time, grab a bite, hope you're well, send me a message and uh, yeah. Okay, back to grocery shopping, see you Tony. And I immediately sent that video as a text message to Tony and in about 30 seconds, got a response from Tony, just smiley face, thanks so much my friend, this made my day already. It was only like 8 a.m. on a weekday. So that, that sets a tone for someone, it's unexpected. It's not something that people see coming. And usually when it's like an unexpected message, it can sometimes prompt a feeling of anxiety or worry or stress. But when our unexpected messages are just like this bump of delight, that's meaningful and memorable to people. So Tony, I saw him speak when I was 20 for the first time, kept in touch with him over the years. But then a grocery store moment reminded me of him reconnected to Tony. That led us to having coffee together he was saying, hey, I'm kind of winding down my speaking career. Are you open to it? If anyone who wants to book me, I just say, hey, book Blake instead. he's great. I would like, sure. And so I haven't done the exact math, but I know for sure there were at least about 17 or 18 speeches I got booked for over the years from that interaction. And I mean, back in the day, I was sort of anywhere from like, you know, a thousand bucks to $5,000 for a speech. So If we just ballpark it, I'd say there's like, you know, 50,000-ish bucks that came from the cereal box. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of moving parts. It's not just a cereal box. It's relationship development over time. But if we think of people in those weird moments and keep it to ourselves, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. If we think of people in these weird, interesting moments of serendipity and we tell them, we're back in touch and if nothing else it makes their day or it perhaps opens up a whole new road of opportunities and experiences in your friendship
0: i love that for so many reasons just so many reasons one i everybody can just imagine you going through that cereal aisle and we all have these moments Every single day, you're always thinking about these kinds of people. The only thing that, that I think Blake, you've given me a much bigger permission than I was already giving myself. It's like, if you're thinking about them, just send them a message. And it reminds me of several other guests that have come on the show. One of them is uh, John Rulin. He's got this book called giftology and he talks about gifting to people. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that he talks about is like, he says, don't be an ABC gifter, which is anniversaries, birthdays, and Christmas. I'm pretty sure that's Mm -hmm. what it is. And it's like, if you send gifts, during anniversaries, birthdays, and Christmas, everybody's receiving receiving and sending gifts during those times. So it's nothing special. But the fact that you were in the grocery store you pretty much had no other reason to send him a message besides the fact like hey i'm thinking about you and there's no way that could be sent to anyone else on the planet except for him right like you clearly took the time to do that i'm sure if you if your name was tony and you were on the receiving of that message end of that message how could that not absolutely make your day and i i love that story because it's also going to seed if you've been picking up on this blake is just like one of the most brilliant minds that i have ever come across when it comes to coming up with ways to innovatively connect with people so I I truly believe that my purpose is to create a more deeply connected world. And it's people that like Blake, that like make that possible uh, through these kind of interactions. So throughout the rest of this interview, I'd love to dive into more of your, your genius on connecting with people. So that's kind of like a, a foreshadowing, but I, before (laughs) we get there, I want to get to a little bit more of like, what, what got you here? So like, we heard a little bit about Tony inspiring you, but you had a bunch of other kind of like moments that led up to, I think like you approaching life the way that you approach life with your relationship. So I want to go back to high school. um, And in my research, I found out what your superlative was. (laughs) And so as a fun fact, I'll share what mine is afterwards, but I would love for you to share what your superlative was in high school and why you think that you got it.
1: Okay, so first things first, there's no dumb questions in the world. So I hear, can you please define superlative? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the
0: the the student the student nominated thing that they they gifted you at the end of the year, like most likely to oh, succeed or most likely nice, to nice, <laughs> nice, nice.
1: There it is. Okay. So I was nominated as the most unique. That's what the yearbook said. Like there was a few different awards, but one of them was most unique. I think that's the one you're referring to, but yeah, there absolutely. were a few others. Why, so that's, why do you that's think that, that
0: was? Like, were you, just, were you just this kid running around the, the hallways in school and just kind of doing unique, innovative stuff to make people smile? Like, what, what do you think your high school classmates saw to make you the most unique as the nomination?
1: A few thoughts struck me as you asked that, Brandon. So, first things first, I was, I was an easy target because I was visible in the school simply by just my hobbies. So I was in the school band and I was in drama. So that that put me on <laughs> stage a lot. That that made me vulnerable a lot. So I was carrying a trumpet case with me 5 days a week. Like if you saw me in the hallways, I had a backpack and a trumpet case. So there's that. It's like, "Okay, what's with the what was this guy carrying?" <laughs> I was on stage a lot for concerts and performances and I mean, it's not exactly the way to climb the popularity ladder necessarily, but I was visible. <laughs> And I sort of had this interesting blend where people considered me funny so I could kind of bridge between popularity groups. Like I was kind of middle of the food chain when it came to like status in my high school. But I would love to connect to folks that seemed like nervous or shy or to themselves because I love just conversations and asking questions and all that. And I could sort of reach out to the popular folks by just sort of being quirky or funny or Mm -hmm. inviting them to events and things that I was a part of. So there's that. But the most unique thing, I believe it came from one event specifically, which is sort of an example of how I showed up in general when I had to do my schoolwork and actually get grades. So there was this class I took, which was Business. It was like a business class, grade 11 or something. And the big project in the middle of that class was the marketing fair. And in marketing fair, all we had to do was come up with a business idea, figure out a product or service, market it, let people know what it was, like make announcements for it, put up posters for it. And then there was a marketing fair for three days or during lunch, over those three days, there were tables set up in the cafeteria, sorry, cafetorium if we're getting technical,
0: okay, <laughs> and
1: you had to sell stuff. Like whoever basically made the most money won the marketing fair. And so people had different products, services, and things. Our small group of like four, we came up with, um, I mean, we came up with something called Game Shack, which was like a series of Midway games, pay to play. Turns out we couldn't do that for some rule of the marketing fair. So we just changed it to like a general shop of cool stuff. It was like random and it was at the holiday time. So one of the things that we had was a raffle and it was a NHL jersey of a pretty well-known player and an NBA jersey of a pretty well-known player, both were signed. And we got those signed jerseys just from a relationship that I had from like a family friend. And everyone came to the cafetorium at lunch, bought stuff or didn't buy things, and the raffle tickets were our main thing that we were trying to sell. But while everyone was in the cafetorium, I thought, well, come on, like there's still so many students out there. Like not everyone even comes to the cafetorium. Most of these people are leaving and doing drugs. They're skipping class. Come on, we got (laughs) to think differently. So I was too afraid to go out to the field where they would like smoke and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's my crowd to market to, but I brought a scooter in to the marketing fair with a bell on it. And then I had this like Dwayne Johnson fanny pack across (laughs) my chest and I had the raffle tickets in the fanny pack. So while everyone came to lunch in the cafetorium. I went upstairs on the second floor and the third floor where classes were still happening. And I would ride around on the scooter and ring the bell. And then teachers would come out being like, what are you doing? Like it's class. I'm like, Oh, they'd come to me. I'd tell them what I was doing. And then I'd sell tickets door to door. No in way. Classes. <laughs> so it was kind of this stealthy approach where everyone's down in the cafetorium, working the table, hoping people come to the table. Whereas I would just scoot around door to door and, people were like, "What you, what's going on? What are you doing? Like I'm scooting around. I'm wearing this goofy hat. I have a fanny pack, a bell. And that was so fun because it was me and my element just kind of being a goof. Even if people made fun of me, whatever. I'm trying to get a grade here, folks. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> and the people actually bought a lot of tickets that way. So we just smoked everybody in the marketing fair because we sold a lot of tickets on second floor and third floor and didn't really even focus on the table. But I was constantly trying to think of how can I deviate from the plan, but still stay within the frame, whether it be schoolwork or projects or making friendships or trying to get a girl's attention because I was afraid to talk to them. All that was in high school. And I was pretty into public speaking like if i had to get up on a microphone i actually enjoyed the process instead of freaked out and it seemed to connect with people when i did that so that plus a variety of other things uh led to apparently my superlative Superlative. (laughs) of the most unique student in the school
0: that's so funny. And I I just would encourage everyone listening. I find so much gold in that story for so many reasons. But the biggest thing that I find is a pattern in talking to guests is like, look at who you were as a kid, how you naturally solve the problems. And it's so funny hearing you share that story. And obviously we'll get into more and more in this interview, but like, that's how you always were. And you found a way to build a business around naturally being a little goofy, a little bit quirky. And then also being like, a chameleon. Like you, you didn't really fit in anywhere because you were able to connect with everyone at the same time. Um, and that's kind of, it seems like that's where you were honing your strategies. And like, you've just found a way to bottle that into what you're doing today, which is so freaking cool. And fun fact, I'll share my superlative. Do you, do you have any guess, Blake, as to what my superlative might've been? If you were to just toss it out there.
1: <laughs> mm. Most curious most driven most (laughs) likely to be uh like the president i
0: was i wasn't trying to fish for well okay so i got runner up for most likely to be president i was voted most likely to rule the world Oh, no. <laughs> that, that was a superlative. Take, so take that yeah, presidency. I was like, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'll take that over presidency. So I think it's really cool. That's whether, whether awesome. you got one of those weird things or not, <laughs> just look at who you were in high school and the ways that you naturally did things. I think that was so cool. So, so let's keep like, Expanding on this, so like we'll like play that little like montage in your brain of time fast forwarding and like Blake finding ways to kind of create innovative ways to connect with people. You've become known as this guy that has created all these beautiful relationships by leveraging kind of like unconventional ways to connect. So like we already talked about the using cereal boxes as ways to do that, and and I think that what I would love for is a massive takeaway for everyone listening. It's like giving yourself more permission to do fun things like that. And so you've come up with this kind of like whole list of battle tested strategies of like how to express gratitude for for people. And there's so many different ways that we can, we can go down this route, but since I already kind of opened it um, you talked about, We talked about creating more connections, clients, and cash by using napkins, cereal boxes, and road signs. So if you want to use any of those other two examples, or if you want to share some other kind of innovative ways you've taught people to connect, I think that would be a great way to continue the conversation.
1: Oh man, I have a lot of ideas sparking right now. (laughs) Okay. This one, this one is top of mind right now. So I had the, opportunity to host an exciting event a few years ago with a mentor of mine and we had a blast it was like a virtual event during the pandemic so we're in this studio big wall behind us for zoom guests and it was three days and it was just fun it was like the two of us in the studio just having a good time and after that event ended i knew it was an annual event and i thought i'd i'd really like to host this again but i don't know if He wants me to host again. Like I don't know. Maybe he thought it was okay. Maybe he's like, yeah, we need a new host. Maybe he thought it was great. It's that moment again. If if you're listening to this episode right now, there's these moments of, I think that went well. I'd like to do this experience again. I'd like to create this opportunity again. But I'm not sure if the decision maker does. So we need to sort (laughs) of figure that out. Like get take 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 their temperature of where we at. So I decided a way to reconnect to this individual. To ask the question of, hey, want to do that again sometime? Was was the following. So I bought a domain that was a mix of my last name and his last name, which was kind of an inside joke that I planted while I was hosting the event. So I bought that domain for like 10 bucks. And then I got a blank thank you card. Like I'm just, I've got a cue card here, but it was a greeting card. I wrote in the greeting card, I'm like, Hey, thanks again for having me host that event. It was a blast last summer. I'd love to contribute to your team again in any way that is valuable and most relevant for the next year. Here's three options that I think we could discuss. And I, in the card, got three little post-it notes. They were like pink. And I I put them in the card and I put one, two, and three on each post-it note. So like door number one, door number two, door number three. And I drew little circles so it looked like doorknobs. And so behind each door, like option one was something like, uh, tell me more, Blake. Option two was screw off, Blake. (laughs) And option three was, um, I have some questions. And I took that card, I made a video, and let's say you were the person. So in the video, I'm like, hey, Brandon, um, you're watching this video right now. Because inside this card that I'm holding in my hand right now that you just read is the domain. And I put the domain in the card and you went to the domain. So, hi, you found the website and you're probably holding this very card. And so I would ask, would you like to do that again next year? And then they could choose, like, tell me more, Blake, or screw off, Blake, or I have some questions. And then what I said is all I need from you at the end of this video is a screenshot of you holding up either option one option two or option three and (laughs) so brilliant and so then a week or two later i get a message back from this person on instagram dm because that's where i started it i'm like hey this is coming your way and i took a picture of the card when i sent it so there was some anticipation in the mix i get a response in a week or two and it was literally just a, a screenshot saying like tell me more so what I know in that is they got the card, they watched the video, they watched the whole video. Mm. It went positively because they chose one of the positive options. And that is a very multifaceted approach. It's a fun approach. No one else on the face of the earth can ever replicate that approach. They could do the steps, but the the imprint of just my personality Can't be duplicated much like I can't duplicate yours or anyone can duplicate anyone's. And it's if nothing comes of it, business wise, it's a cool story. (laughs) Like, even if I never get booked again or like the business stops between the two of us, it's a fun story. It's a chuckle. It's a case study. And it's something that I can rinse and repeat and remix a little bit in the future when I want to create other opportunities like that. Plus, I get a little reluctant to do sales and selling, even though I teach this stuff, but I lean way in when I get to playfully make up uh, an approach like that.
0: Hmm. There's so much magic to that, that, that I think I want to immediately start implementing, but like a, a parallel between this and something else that you taught me that I've started to use and have seen massive results for, I think I've, Thank you this, but I'm thanking you for it again. It's like, I saw you did something similar to this, but you do it via email and you have like a multiple choice, um, kind of similar, but what's behind each door. So I would love for you to maybe share that. And, and while you're doing that, I'm going to pull it up. Cause I literally got a reply to an email several hours before we got on this call. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Blake right now. And I got a response because of this message. So, uh, why don't you <laughs> share what that is? And then I'll pull up the email while you're kind of teaching that.
1: <laughs> okay. So I'll teach it in this way there are three words that I find kill so many opportunities. And the three words are this, let me know. So let's say I send you an email. I'm like, hey, uh, Brandon, I'm doing this event and it would be great to see you there. Let me know, Blake. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, cool. So you as the recipient of that, You really don't, I didn't really make a request. I was just like waving a flag of awareness over email. Like, yeah, I got this thing. It's going to be cool. Want you know about it, let me know. (laughs) But we do this often. A lot of people just say, here's the thing. Let me know. Here's the thing. Let me know. There's like this assumption that we'll know exactly what step to take. Even if it's something simple as like, want to have lunch together? Let me know. Okay, we can probably figure that one out, it's basic, but there's also a lot of ambiguity. So the multiple choice method is, how can you send messages so that literally all you need to get back is a one letter reply? (laughs) And you know exactly what that means. So here's an example. Um, Let's say I'm selling tickets to my annual event called Thank You Live. I send a message to someone on Facebook. Let's say it's you. Hey, Brandon. And I'd probably put a video because I want to. I want an invitation experience. Like I want you to know that I'm thinking of you. So the video might be like this. Hey, Brandon, it's Blake. This video is one part appreciation and one part invitation. I appreciate the fact that you are so diligent with your podcast. You set such a high standard for how to make a guest feel like a total rock star. And clearly you are cut out for this in a big way because you Sherlock Holmes level research your guests (laughs) and that's a really special experience to be a guest in. So thank you for that and my hope is that you make some time to acknowledge yourself for all the cool things you've done through this podcast and in case you haven't because you're a busy dude, this is what I mean by the invitation. I want to invite you to an event called Thank You Live which is designed for you to pause and look back on your year and actually acknowledge and appreciate the progress you've made this year tickets are a hundred bucks so that might not be your cup of tea maybe that's great maybe you want zero maybe you want to buy 50 who knows but i'd love it if you bought a ticket and experienced the event this year so i put a message below and take a look let me know the best next step have a good one brandon so let me know is in there but it says let me know the best next step then the multiple choice might be something like this. Uh, Typed out, hey, Brandon, enjoy this video. Give it a watch and let me know the best next step. A, I'm in, send me the link. B, take a flying leap off a short cliff. C, (laughs) I don't know who you are, is this spam? D, I have questions. E, custom response from Brandon. F, all of the above, just to be funny. (laughs) And then I literally just need one letter back from you. And then the letter tells me what my next step becomes. Mm -hmm. And this can be applied just for simple little back and forths, like on project completion, or this could literally be a way in which people like do deals for hundreds of thousands of dollars to in a clear, compelling fashion, move through the journey of, are we going to do this or not? And if it's not, that's cool. If we're on, that's cool. I just want to know, the best next step.
0: So, I mean, first of all, I obviously love this because I've implemented it and I found the email. So I'll read my version (laughs) of this that I sent, but, but it's, it's, it's so much more like who sees this. You listen to this. You, you've probably never witnessed anything like this unless Blake has sent you a message, which would be, which would be awesome. But like, you probably haven't come across something like this. And the fact that like the, you did the thinking for them, right? Because people are always worrying about, Oh, how should I say this? Or like, that, you know, like so like you basically took all that was in their brain and you put it out in multiple choice and they can just say, Oh, this is generally what I'm thinking. It's B, and then let me add a little bit of color to that. So like right. I'll give a, a concrete example <laughs> for following up. So like I Sweet. um for for booking people on the show, I have a sequence sometimes for following up with people. And so I send this multiple choice. That's like 30 days after I initially kind of last connected with them. But here's Mm. the one that I recently got a response from. It's like, um, Hey, wanted to check this out again, or wanted to follow, follow up on this again. If easier, feel free to choose from these options. A, thank you so much for following up. I'm in B. I appreciate you thinking of me, but the timing isn't going to work right now. C, kindly take a walk off a short pier, Brandon D. This is, this is the, I, I, I looked up weirdest competitions that exist um out there so this is where i got d from but it says sorry i'm competing in the world taxidermy and fish carving championships for forty thousand dollars in cash and awards and i need some time for practicing yes it's a real <laughs> thing <laughs> or e custom answer for you <laughs> and so this person responded and said i oh, uh, appreciate respectful persistence I'll go with a custom response. And then he said, let's set up, you know, let's keep going. So um, I just, I had a lot of fun with it. I don't know if people think the fish carving championships thing is funny. I thought it was funny, but um, I got a response (laughs) from it. So there's me using your stuff.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's the best. And I don't know about you, but don't you find that it kind of just unlocks messaging because you're sort of giving them a silver platter exit. Like, look, if this isn't cool, that's fine. Just say, leave me alone. And because of that, because we've kind of said, here's the exits, we can just send a bunch of stuff because it's respectful and thoughtful and playful and entertaining. But also, and this is essential, it is super clear. Mm -hmm. Like, here's why I'm messaging you and here's where we can go next. You just let me know. Like, it's crystal clear. But you could literally message a hundred people on LinkedIn that kind of stuff and just say, look, like this might be weird and out of the blue and might even feel like spammy. Just let me know if that's the case and I'll take a hike. But usually people are like, Well, this is different. I'll at mm-hmm. least reply.
0: <laughs> and I like the idea too of the video with the multiple choice, because that like that's like double customization, double involvement. And and like, I'm just going to yes and on this. And if you want to build on it, feel free to. But like, I found that in in my messaging, all the tests that I've done is I I used to end with like a really clear question that would end with yes or no. So for a while, a while back, I was looking at getting on other podcasts and the kind of way I was wrapping it up was like, based on what your show is about, I came up with three ideas that I think would be great topics for your particular audience. And I put it together in a Google Doc. What are your thoughts on me sending that over for you to check out? So like I ended Uh. with a question and they saw that I put the work and effort into creating it and it wasn't, Hey, can I come on your show? It was, I invested in this relationship and I came up with some ideas. Would you be interested in checking the ideas out? And then they could take it from there. And so I, Mm. since I started experimenting with that, I just found my brain shifting towards if there's not a question mark at the end of this email that makes it easy for them to engage and at least become a thought partner as our mutual friend, Michael Roderick would say, it just opens up all these worlds of possibilities. So um that's another way that I've kind of built on this, but any, any other top, uh, any things you want to build on, on this topic? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I'm just thinking as a reference point here, my beautiful wife, Emily, and I get into this sometimes, which is, um, if I say to her like, Hey, what do you want for dinner? She's like, I don't, I don't know. But then if I say, Hey, um, let's have like, let's have chicken. She's like, no, I don't want chicken. Like, aha. Okay. so We're getting closer. So it's when we give people this open canvas for communicating or deciding or replying, it can be daunting. And we're busy, right? Like, good luck getting people to check your messages often. Whereas if we can just start the process, like, hey, uh, lunch or dinner?
0: And then someone <laughs> just has to
1: choose that. Great. Now we kind of move to the next step. It's like it's like a sales funnel, but it's it's not a sales funnel. It's just like a journey to decision-making in a way that's fun. So another example that comes to mind for me is, my buddy and I, we were roommates um, back in like 2013 and we lived together for two years in this small apartment in Toronto and he actually sold me on being roommates. I was like, no, back then I was like living at home, starting my business, didn't have to pay rent. My mom still like made me food. I'm like, I'll just kind of ride this out a little longer. It's pretty cushy. <laughs> He's like, no, let's move in together. I was like, I don't want to spend that money on rent. Like I don't need to right now said look it's not like a thousand bucks a month on rent consider it like a year-long coaching program for twelve thousand dollars and you coach me and i'll coach you and this was kind of our friendship like we've always held each other accountable and we're goal-oriented dudes so he flipped it into that and i was like okay i'm in i'm Mm -hmm. i am in i love that we, we named this whole experience. So we moved into our place. We called our little apartment Studio 360. Why? Because studios sound cool. You got to create stuff when you're in there. We are both musicians. We're in a band together. 360 just meant, okay, revolution. That seems cool. And then we made a slogan, laying down the tracks. And then tracks mean music, but also foundations. Mm-hmm. And then we broke it into four categories of what we would focus on during our time in this year-long coaching program as roommates. Category one, health. Category two, business. Category three, music. Category four, community. And every Tuesday morning, we'd sit at our kitchen table or on the couch for two hours and we'd go through each of the carts. We called them because it was like a picture of a train with four carts health cart, business cart, music cart, community cart, and we'd score ourselves out of four. And so back to the whole idea of creatively connecting with people, we were like, let's get to know our neighbors. I mean, Come on, let's not just live inside this apartment. Let's connect with some people. So we wrote a personalized greeting card to each of the people on the same floor as us. So that was like eight doors. So eight individual cards. And we made it custom and made it thoughtful and cool. And everybody got a card. And we just said, we're new in town. If you want to connect, let us know. See, there it is. We screwed up. We said, if you want to connect... Let Let us us know. know. (laughs) No, no one did anything Hmm. because we, we didn't actually make a request. We just like lobbed this one way ball and like put it in their court. No one followed up. And so then we're like, okay, we got to change this thing up. So we decided months later, let's get to know our neighbors. So we hosted a cookie party. What's a cookie party? Simple. You buy a bunch of cookies, you bake them. You open your door, you let the aroma start going out the door (laughs) and then see who shows up. But we're like, no, we got to take it up a notch. So we made posters and put a poster on every door in the building. And the call to action was, will you be there? Text us and let us know. And and it wasn't a text. It was an email because we didn't put our phone numbers like all over the whole building. It was an email. Email us and let us know. We got a few emails. So got some follow up. But on the day of the cookie party, because we posted the whole building, we had, I think, 88 people come to our apartment (laughs) in like two hours. But we were not clear. People brought cookies. So (laughs) everyone who came brought like a box or bag of cookies. Whereas we were like, oh, no, 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 no. no, We're we're making cookies. We're supplying cookies. (laughs) So we had this like cookie factory by the time we were done. But one it was hilarious. Two, my buddy and I had a blast building this approach. Three, we met a lot of our neighbors. Four, we were now known in the building. Five, it was so easy to execute. And six, it's such a reminder that I and others seem to, at times, overcomplicate stuff, where literally it's like, what's cool? Let's gather people around that. Snacks? Okay. Someone will probably show up. And it's so simple. It's so basic. It's so straightforward. And it's very easy to understand. It's easy to say yes to. It's low risk. But for that year, which eventually became two years, my friend and I, we did probably more experiments in two years for how to create relationships and connections and build our businesses and just have fun in the process. And then probably the 10 years since then. So it's just how can you commit? to ridiculousness as a way to build relationships, but not to like prank people rather as a way to kind of acknowledge, appreciate, and and thank people in the process for the impact they've had on you and the way you'd like to engage with them as fellow colleagues, community members, and beyond. Hmm.
0: Oh man, Blake, you and I could do like a, a four hour podcast interview. I'm pretty sure. Um, but there's just so much. Gold. This huge really, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I let, let's do a round two if you're down. Cause there's like, there's so much here, but like, I want to, I want to go down one specific route and then we'll see if it leads to the other one too. But like, I want to pull out something that you've been doing in all these examples that I see that I want to make sure that we talk about. And it's like, the level of specificity in your appreciation when you design something for someone. Cause I think that lots of the times, you know, people think, Oh, I need to give some appreciation and they'll give like, say like, I'll get these messages like, Hey, Brandon, I love your podcast. And it's like, great. You probably like, Chances of them actually having listened to my podcast are like slim, unless they give like a specific example. But like one of the things that I think that is is a common thread in all the ways that you connect with people is they feel really special. They feel really loved, they feel really connected. And so um I would love for you to maybe touch on a little bit of your wisdom and how you can like increase or incorporate more specificity to make sure that people actually feel it instead of it lying flat, landing flat.
1: Well, I just had a real-time thought as you asked me that about even you and I right now. So let's say I didn't know you yet and I wanted to get to know you, but I had been listening to your podcast a bunch or seen videos that you shared online. I know a few things. So right now, if someone were to be seeing this video, it's like you've got a studio set up, you've got headphones, a sweet mic, and the soundproofing on the wall behind you. So if I wanted to get on your radar, I'm like, okay, I look for clues and I look for cues. So I've been cluing in that, all right, this guy's got a studio. Nice. Okay. And I could go on Amazon and buy like one piece of soundproof foam, like just one, (laughs) like for $2, get it shipped to my house. Like, okay, I got the soundproofing. I have headphones somewhere in my studio. I could go get my headphones and I could literally like put my headphones on, get a piece of the soundproofing, put it behind me anywhere. And I could just go like, take, silly pictures, or I could go to like a local store that I know would sell foam, like a hardware store or something. I could wear my headphones to the store, take a selfie in front of the foam section and just be like, like thumbs up. Like, Hey Brandon, I'm inspired by your podcast. Like no one else is ever going to send you something like that. And then if I want, I could make that into a campaign where I could literally just, just recycle this piece of foam and headphones concept and I could just like take pictures or send videos or I could like let's say I'm cleaning out my brother's garage sometime when he's moving and he finds a pile of foam I'm like oh that might remind me of that guy Brandon who's got that studio space I've seen his videos I could take a picture of it I could send a voice note with the picture on Instagram or something and say Brandon this is weird why am I sending you a picture of garbage <laughs> maybe <laughs> explain I saw the foam. I was reminded of your podcast. I loved episode 19 when you talked about flamingos and leadership. And yeah, I hope the studio is great. Always inspired by the soundproofing. See ya. And to not ask for anything. if If you just keep showing up, but you show up thoughtfully, creatively, with effort involved, at some point, they're going to be like, what's your deal? Or- <laughs> (laughs) If you do have a specific ask, that's where that multiple choice method comes in. And the multiple choice method is built in a way that you can make it super professional or really playful. You can make it very specific. You can kind of keep it general. But I literally, if I want to get on your radar, I would think of three to five examples like that of just weird, kooky, funny ways that I can sort of show you that you've shown me some things that I appreciate and it'll probably put a smile on your face. Or if it doesn't and you think I'm a weirdo, cool. We probably weren't going to click anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, I have to send you the episode I did with Steve Sims. And if any, anyone's listening, you did to listen to it. But he does this brilliantly. One of my favorite examples that he did would like he knew somebody like Porsche's. Uh, that he wanted to get in front of and so he found a porsche magazine and he ripped the cover in half and nailed them half of the porsche magazine and said hey when we have a chance i'll send you the other half of the magazine or something like that but (laughs) it's just like it's these like steve calls it like being ugly like like you you, like it's not beautiful it's not like like well thought out crinkle it's like you know, a right. piece of garbage foam on the floor. And you can turn that into like a funny excuse or funny way of connecting with someone. And right. I just think it's 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 so simple. I think people overcomplicate it. And like just seeing your brain work in this example has just given me even more permission. And just to tie that back in, like maybe you're <laughs> listening to this right now in the gym or maybe you're on a run or, or right. maybe you're in a grocery store. Like what are some ways that you could like do this right now? Like
1: you have something like, No, it's just, I'm plugging in my laptop before it dies. (laughs) Ah, Okay. All right. That's really
0: important. Yeah. So I would just encourage you, wherever you're listening to this, like what, what if this is a challenge right now? Like if you're, if you're on a treadmill or whatever it is, like if you have soap on your hands, like maybe there's something where you can just get a little bit creative and like send a message to someone right now and start implementing this kind of stuff. So, um, I have I have one more question, Blake, that I I had highlighted is like, don't miss this. Um, and yeah. we'll we'll squeak this in and then we'll wrap things up and then we'll have to continue for like a part two if you're down. But one thing that I saw that I appreciate is not only are you really good at connecting with people, you're really good at going deep with the people that are important in your life. And so mm-hmm. I, I came across this episode that you did with John Broman, who's also been on the show. Um, but he was talking about this, like you, you guys got into this conversation about being having like a code word that you can send to people. And then that initiates like a really deep conversation. So if you got a, if you got a text from your brother that said, bro, 2 PM Tuesday, what does that mean? I would love for you to share what that is.
1: Yeah. My brother, Robbie, he's awesome. He's eight years older than me. And that meant that most of our life, he was just like the older brother that I would annoy. And he was the guy with the younger brother you'd have to put up with. So we never really had a close connection for a long time. We were good brothers, but such an age gap and then later in life he traveled with his wife for years after they got married when he got back we were both in business our own kinds of businesses and i'm like hey we we could you know now hang out as adults like we can be on the same level and so instead of just catching up like hey how's work how's emily how's mom how's dad i'm like what if we make a thing that lets us just keep in conversation but also checking in on how each other's doing like keep each other accountable. And he jokingly then said like, Oh, like bro accountable," And so then we made this program called account of brotherly. <laughs> and my mom actually was like, I don't know. I think you guys should call it bro Accountability." And we were like, that is better. <laughs> so bro Accountability basically became once a week, my brother and I would meet up at a coffee shop and we would just start a conversation But we'd start the conversation with a thought-provoking question, usually a similar one. Either, um, are you working hard or hardly working? Another one was, are you winning or are you losing? Another one was, are you on top of the world or is the world on top of you? So questions like that, that just kind of puts you instantly into a place of reflection, clarity, focus. And Without those questions, he and I kind of just talk about the weather. But with those questions, we talk about everything. We've been keeping up bro accountability now for over 10 years, not every week, but I'd say we average like every two weeks. So pretty good. And I know that if I just message my brother in a text like bro, 3 p.m. Wednesday, that's short form for bro accountability. And there is a uh, like an imprint on what that means. We know what a bro-accountability conversation entails. So I have bro-accountability with my brother. I've probably got 10, 12, 15 other relationships in my life where we've kind of come up with this code word that sort of denotes the container within which we get to speak. And it's not that that's the only way we hang out, but just the single word In a text message with a time and a question mark, it kind of means, hey, are we going to do that thing that puts us at our best and really helps each other with that thing in our friendship or our work Mm -hmm. or our project? And you get to skip all the, the small talk. You go straight to the core of the opportunity. And again, it's fun. It's meaningful. And just the word bro accountability is a way for me to acknowledge and appreciate my brother and him do the same with me. So I'm always looking for how can you be efficient and hilarious and playful and extremely memorable in relationship development, whether it be in business or in life, whether it be with your best pal or your wife. That sounds like a poem. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's that.
0: I love that. I just want to go so much deeper here, but I know we got to wrap things up here, but I mean, it's just as simple as like, if we were to build on today, like maybe if Blake and I came up with a code word, it'd be like foam or something like that. And that would just trigger this (laughs) conversation an excuse to talk about like innovative ways to connect with people, even though I know that that's, that's your world. But, but yeah, I just think that it's so, I love that idea of just having like a code word that allows you to drop deep And you can kind of skip past that stuff and just really connect with someone because think about how much time is spent at that surface level when you can build those really rich relationships that are so much deeper. So, um, man, I I want to wrap things up here because I know you got to get going. Um, And so where can people find out more about all the incredible stuff that you got up to that you're up to, Blake?
1: I think easiest way is find me on the Instagram, as the cool people say. And my name on there is just Blake Fly, one word. That's a good place to start. And then there's sort of doors into other places. And I'd love to be in conversation. Also, I'm going to leave you my cell phone number right now. I sometimes do that on podcasts. Text me if you want to get super conversational and I can send you a message back or a video or an audio. Here's my cell phone. Legit. Not a list. Just my phone. 647-987-4359. That's my phone number. Here it is again, old school, 647-987-4359. If you text me saying you heard me on this podcast, well, who knows? We might be best friends or not. Either way, I'm psyched to connect
0: never before done on the podcast there you go shoot blake a text and that's his direct number that is incredible i just really want to say i'm super grateful for you listening honestly there is absolutely something in here that could change someone's life if you share this with them and uh thank you so much for hanging out with us today i appreciate you so much and blake any final things you want to say before we head off for today
1: I just, the moment I met you in that group, I thought, wow, we drink from the same Kool-Aid filter on the way we do relationships and business and connecting. And I'm excited to just like spark off each other's ridiculousness in the future. So thanks for starting it here. This was a blast.
0: Let's do it. I appreciate you so much, Blake. And we'll talk to you soon, my, my friend.